0: Say what? Hello and welcome back. It's time for Say What, where we hear from those connected to our industry about things that are going on in our world of electrical apprenticeship. And this includes those wonderful topics that you are suggesting to us. So please, please keep those coming and offer to be a guest if you would like. I am your host, Cindy Sandifer, joined by Todd Stafford, mm-hmm. the wonderful executive director of the Electrical Training Alliance. Mm-hmm. Today we are joined by Martin Helms, who is the executive director of Helmets to Hard Hats. Yeah. So, Martin, thank you. Seriously. Like yeah. we do appreciate you being here yeah, no right problem. now. Pleasure. Yeah. And we've I mean, we all go back like we go back to training director days with you, Mm -hmm. but I know that's not far enough. So I was wondering, like, can you just share? Tell us who you are. Right. Tell us. Tell us the Todd and I and then those that might be listening. like who You are.
1: Yeah. So uh, my it's kind of where I got started Mm -hmm. in electrical career. Let's just start there and just lay it all out because a lot of context there to get where I'm at today. So, you know, I started in the electrical field when I was 15. Um, yeah really really young I couldn't even drive and uh, my my father would drop me off at a local non-union company uh, at that time but it was high school work and I started sweeping the floors organizing shelves and that grew into wiring houses and then one thing led to another and I started doing you know small commercial work through high school Um, but I my parents didn't have the ability to pay for college and this is in the 90s so this the message was, you know, college, 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 right? Registered apprenticeship was not a thing being spoken of. I didn't even know where to go. Like you heard apprenticeship. It was a foreign word, let alone registered apprenticeship. Right. Right. So I joined the military when I was 17 between my junior and senior year of high school uh, to uh, get that college benefit to go to college. So I left, went to basic training between my junior and senior year, which a lot of people, you know, it's their last real summer. Uh, and I was, I was in basic training. Uh, so my English assignment to come back was, what'd you do this summer? And I literally could write about, I threw grenades and shot rocket launchers, uh, AT4s, you know, and they were like, Oh, we went on a fishing trip. I'm like, I ain't got nothing on you. So anyway, that you was can
0: do that. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. Can you still do that? Like, yeah, they, that's a thing that you split can do. You're not, uh, I'm not you're doing, Oh, Lord knows yeah, you, you our poor country knows. would be <laughs> like, no, we're,
1: no. we're good. Thanks. So, so that's, oh, that's you know, cool. and, and it's, my parents are great parents, but they just they couldn't afford that opportunity. Yeah. So you gotta, and that's, what's cool about this country is that there's opportunities if you take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I did that, uh, came home, completed my training, graduated high school, had to go back for a little bit of more military training. This was about February of 2001. And, uh, so I came home and, The contractor I was working for didn't have enough work, so I went to a different contractor. 9-11 happened. Um, Just started college, Uh, you know, all this stuff, this plan. So then I, I, shortly after that, I left for two years of a deployment. Uh, Between 2002 and 2005, there was two deployments between there. Uh, At that time, I was married and I had a young family coming home from that last deployment. And uh, my goal was to go to college, uh, in the evenings, work full time, and I was doing this, and worked full time during the day for the the non-union contractor I was working for, mm. um, and I was doing this and did this uh, for about a year, uh, but when I came home from that last deployment, uh, helmets to hard hats came to our armory in a cornfield armory in Ohio, um, and they said, look, we have this program, you know, it, it connects people who registered apprenticeship programs within the construction industry, uh, veterans and and whatnot, so five minutes pure, you know, I was like, holy crap, this is, this is awesome. So I, I, uh, went to the website, filled out my profile, referred me to Akron area local 306, um, filled out an application. This was 2005, 2006, early part of that. I was accepted into the program. I started my inside wireman apprenticeship, um, paused my college career because my wife's look, there's not enough candle here. All right. So, um, And and I completed the apprenticeship, and then I went back and finished up my college uh, and graduated from that in 2014. Uh, and then uh, from 2010 when I topped out to that, I, I mean, I was immediately large projects, hospitals, jobs. I loved what I do. I, people, people think you take administrative positions because, oh, it's easier or whatever. Uh, I'll wear a tool belt tomorrow. I love what I do. I'd go back to it in a heartbeat. Um, but in 2017, uh, the opportunity to become a training director happened uh, with a, the local program. The same program I walked in 10 years earlier, nearly. So I was like, you know, so I, I put my name in the hat, got a, offered the position, and I did that up till 2021 when I was offered the position to be the executive director of the same program that changed my life in 2005. What a great story. Yeah, yeah So, easy. but it doesn't stop there, Todd. It, oh, Lord. <laughs> so my military career has continued too. So because of the education I've received – Uh, through the registered apprenticeship the formal education what I call professional education you know my college education helped too but that experience in the field Mm -hmm. of being professionally trained um, allowed me to to take on a position of being a construction uh, engineer technician in the US Army which is a warrant officer so warrant officers make up roughly 2% of all your force in the the Army Uh, but because of that expertise um, you know qualified me for that. So I went there and I I went through that training, which was fun. Um, (laughs) uh, It's discussion about how much fun that was. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. if we, yeah. So being a warrant officer, you're a subject matter expert. So you have the real world training, you know how to get stuff done, but you're a liaison to the the O grades, regular officers. Uh, And a lot of, there's a lot of pressure, pressure in a good way credibility with warrant officers because you're such a subject matter expert mm. uh, and that's what this program oh, yeah. done in the field and experience that's that's where it got me so i, I completed that training in 2000 this was about 2013-14 and then again i used those skills with that and i deployed in 15 and 16 to mm. to uh, the middle east in which i i was able to give the opportunity uh to build barracks up in mm. iraq for our, our service members uh built a a design a complex in kuwait and then i also designed a huge base in jordan uh all during this deployment and it's it's that expertise that all that was from that Mm -hmm. and uh and then like i said i come home and i was a training director after that and then you know this opportunity to be the executive director so there's a lot of passion behind what i do but like i said this program is a lot yeah so this (laughs) this you know h2h is a great program but We've done that for uh, 42,000 service members to right. date, you know, and that's the ones we can count for. Mm-hmm. We know there's more out there that right. slipped through the cracks. We didn't get them in the reporting process or whatever. So that's pretty, pretty awesome that you've changed 42,000 lives. Yeah. it's impressive. makes you feel uh, uh, just extra <laughs> special when you're sitting here yeah. talking to them about it. I, it.
0: I know. Good. I'm just like, I've probably just been like, like listening, because this, you have like, not just full circle, you have circles with, in the full circle yeah. of and I just I have this thing for like connections and backstory mm-hmm. and so it's like you've just fulfilled all of that you know in what you shared and I yeah. think that's so beautiful like this constant like giving back and then coming back to this and man yeah, and it makes
2: sex so powerful when a person is doing that as awful humble as they are which you are yeah. a very humble yeah. person as well I've known Mark for years and I just learned some new stories about him he sitting here today yeah yeah great.
0: Yeah. I learned some stuff off, you know, we won't share it. We're not sharing it here. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So I think this is almost an impossible question. I'm going to ask it. Like, what's your favorite part of this right now, what you're doing, the job now.
1: So now, you know, the phase of I'm, I'm at my career, my life, whatever is is more like paying it forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been blessed with a a lot of opportunities um, that it's, I want to expose those other, you know, mm-hmm. the possibilities to people, you know, those opportunities, not guarantees, but opportunities to people that, you know, hey, and, and the other thing, everything matters. Uh, you talk about circles among circles, and I'll give you a short story. So I was in a meeting earlier this year, and uh, I'm sitting in this meeting, and I'm looking at this gentleman across me. I'm like, I know this guy. <laughs> I know this guy, and my wheels are turning, and here to find out, this was a, a two-star general. I served in 2000 with that I had a, a breakfast with that coined coin. We coined people in the military when you do exceptional things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he coined me. It was one of the very first coins I ever received. I was a PFC. I mean, I'm like, I'm like whale crap right now to this yeah. guy, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's not how the military community leadership works. But, um, 20 years ago we're in this, this meeting and I'm like, he introduced himself and I said, I, I paused and I'm like, you ain't gonna believe this. But you talk about circles among circles. Here's 20 years later, you run into a gentleman that's going to be influential to your program that you just didn't know at the time. Yeah. But it just just be careful what you say and what you do. That's right. all I'm saying. But yeah, circles yeah. among circles. Um Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's.
2: And uh, a military family is such a closed community anyway. Small. When you think, yeah, you know, relatively it, small. When you think about it. Like yeah,
1: you can walk small. into a room right. and you have you don't know anyone, but if you find someone that's been in the military, like you got an instant bond mm-hmm. because you go through good, bad, ugly, whatever mm-hmm. that may be, but you got that connection and you yeah. can easily, you know, talk stories similar, you know, to other relationships that we've had. So yeah, um, yeah that's one thing about the military community. It's, a, it's really a brotherhood sisterhood, which is truly what the unions are about. Um, and, and that's one selling point of the unions is that camaraderie amongst, people you Mm -hmm. know that you it's more than an eight-hour work day Mm -hmm. you know how's your family what's going on right hey did you know about this and then you you're sharing that stuff yeah that's what it's about you know it's easy to see your passions about paying
2: it forward yeah well we have that same concept here at electric training alliance what we do is yeah we succeeded well for a reason but we want to try to pay that forward help Mm -hmm. help veterans out help our apprentices out any way we can so thank you as well i can see that
0: yeah. And that just like you pointed out, it's so much more than just work, you know, mm-hmm. or a job. It's like, it's so personal. It's about relationships and it's noticing the connections. Like people have done these things for you influenced your life in these moments. And now you're getting to do it for someone else. And then you're right. creating opportunities for other people to have those experiences. And that's just, I mean, that's, it's what we should be doing anyway. That's that, that's yeah. my like soapbox there. But um, so if you're talking to someone, say, that's, you know, transitioning like from uh, the military to civilian life, and they're looking for a career in the electrical industry, which is, both are passions for you, right? right? The industry as well as the military, like what what advice do you give them?
1: So let's talk a little bit about transition. And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes people don't understand when you transition out of the military, like what's that look like? Mm-hmm. So you, you're in a routine where... Um, you know, it's pretty well structured, right? Mm-hmm. You you got, you know your chain of command, you know the people you're gonna report to, you know what your work schedule typically looks okay. like. Your housing is paid for, your healthcare is paid for, your utilities, if you're on post are paid for, for the most part, they're paid for. There, there's a lot of stuff that you're just not used to. Um, mm-hmm. And then you exit and if you went in at 18 and you're coming out at 22 or whatever it is, you know that's kind of a shock. Like, right. then you got to find employment that's equal to your income, and let's talk about that because a 22-year-old, say you're a high school student, you did your first enlistment, you're exiting out, and if you come out of, we'll say Fort Campbell, Kentucky, you're exiting a job at an E4, which is not a specialist, which is not that's that, that's normal progression in 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 the Army. Uh, they make nearly $56,000 a year, plus they get 30 days vacation, plus their health care is paid for, and plus their <laughs> retirement's already happening in the back end. Like, And I think people need to realize when you walk and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, life's real now. Yeah. Where am I going to go? Like, what am I going to do? And that's why there's so many programs out there to help with transitions to include Helmets to Hard Hats. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on the receiving end, when you're a training director, when you're a union, when you're a JATC, that you need to understand that veteran that that 22 year old veteran that's walking through your doors is not your normal 22 year old. This is a person that's one their major structural change in their, their lifestyle Mm 2 They've had a decent income, Mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of the parallels that we have healthcare and, and retirement has already happened in here with our collective bargain agreement. So there's a lot of parallels to sell them on. But the other thing is, uh, You've got to relate to the responsibility that they've had okay this wasn't a 22 year old that went off to college and probably didn't have much of anything yeah. going on this is a person that was trusted with a lot of value and money mm-hmm. wise in equipment mm-hmm. in people's lives mm-hmm. right. so their mind doesn't think like oh i'm gonna go start this venture you know they're they're yeah. they're just in a different mindset so i think understanding that transition in person that's walking your door my advice to them is that you know Start seeking a plan before you exit. You know, mm-hmm. and there's transition assistance programs out there, there's several programs, but start getting involved within probably a year of you exiting service, ETS and exiting uh time of service. So and start working that. And to get in the electrical industry, we we mentioned the V program, which is a you know a veteran entry program into the that, or using our program, us sure. the Hard Hats, uh, to figure out where all these opportunities exist across this nation so mm-hmm. they can a little at ease and start game planning that. So it's a little bit of an easier process when they exit.
0: Yeah. I got to the privilege of sharing a ride with someone we brought up. It's been a few years ago, so forgive my memory, but um, we were at one of our regional seminars and someone had come to speak about helmets to hard hats and I got to ride with her back to the airport, which was fantastic. And we talked about that very thing and her daughter had also um, been in the military and then, um, you know, was in the electrical trade anyway, just, but that transition period, like you pointed out of coming from all of these things, you know, the structure as well as all these things were taken care of Mm -hmm. and then to just feel almost just let go. If you don't have support, it's overwhelming. And then if you, if you add to that, say someone that maybe has had some combat experience and, and have seen some things that Mm -hmm. just are very difficult for anybody's mind to process, and you know so we were just talking about this compilation of things that can happen to an individual and mm-hmm. i think it's really good that you point that out that there's a lot a lot going on for this person well
2: we've had yeah. a huge effort on electric training lines uh last couple of years about trying to make individuals feel more included especially in the pandemic time separation mm-hmm. all the things mm-hmm. required about it and sense of belonging you know how do, yep. how do you belong mm-hmm. to an organization and have somebody know that's going to take care of you when you're there that's something we got to find a way to do better and, mm-hmm. I, and i'm all about bringing our veterans in and understanding i hear your message yeah, because somebody comes in has been in charge of equipment, money, value. Yeah, uh, circumstance. All of a sudden now, you gotta, now I'm, ready, I'm gonna take care of my work reports. Doing what? I got to do what? That's, that tedious task is really way below what you really normally associate yourself with. Just is important. Not, not as not as important, but it's not what yeah. you're used to doing in the position you mm-hmm. were at, being relegated back to a level which you said, no, I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. I can see that.
1: Todd, that's a, that's a valid point. That I put on a seminar a couple months ago, and they, you know about retaining right. veterans and. When you're used to a responsibility level of here and then, you know, they come down work reports. That's all I got to, in my homework. Right. That's all I got to do. Right. Like it's almost too easy for them. Right. They need a challenge. And I, I encourage anyone that has service members in the educational programs that we have apprenticeships that give them some type of responsibility in mm. addition to the normal classmates. If that's running a lab, Hey, you're responsible for putting away the tools, make sure they're putting back just little stuff like that. Cause that's, yeah. They they like that challenge. Well, That's what they've been there. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I need to make sure by fifteen, yeah. you know, fifteen minutes before the class over that, you know, we're we're putting stuff away. Whatever that is, give them that yeah. um, responsibility because that that makes them click, mm-hmm. and, right? And stuff or. The, that year's class representative, whatever it is, you know, depending on what JTC, only yeah, been there for one
2: hitch, uh, a sense of responsibility has been ingrained. Yeah, over mm-hmm. the last two or three years, there, Unless no doubt about it. So. Yeah,
0: right. well, and it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. you know, for the JTC, for that individual, and then you can find ways of even bringing in like mentorship and pairings, and I mean, there's just so much that that you can do with it. Yeah, and it doesn't take a ton of creativity, even mm-hmm. really. I mean, you're you're just talking about some basic things. Yeah, um, so. Speaking of helmets to hard hats, you know some people may not know much, um, but there's probably, my guess, some common misconceptions, misunderstandings about what it is. Do you like clear anything up for us? Yeah, that yeah. So I want to come
1: back to one other thing on the oh, transition and the, and the training directors and uh, the GI Bill. We talk about that income of leaving at fifty-six thousand dollars. So if you think your typical, you know, apprenticeship program between 15, 20, bu- 20 bucks an hour for their first period of apprentice. You know that's only 40 grand a year, so um, roughly. So that GI bill is huge, 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 huge. So whoever the school certifying official, whatever the program, you know, on that onboarding of that apprentice, they got to make sure they're they're assisting them in every way possible with the VA to get that benefit right. to them sooner and later. Because a lot of times at 22 years old, you got responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Typically, you're probably either have dependents or at least a car payment. Mm-hmm. You got bills to pay. So uh that that other thing and if you're advertising for service members you have to have that gi bill in there i say within the first two sentences of a conversation or the first thing that pops up on your post and for for that because it's important it's huge very good. So, that is huge. And um, having
0: a good liaison, I want to plug that because you're like at the JTC I came from, we did have a really good relationship with the liaison in, yeah. um, she was located in Nashville, Tennessee, and she was great. And so being able to, because the JTC probably can't answer all the questions right? right and don't have all the information so right. you know i think to, to maybe make the jtc feel a little more at ease you don't have to know everything about a gi bill and how it works Just know you to know. need to know who to contact yep. and who to send that apprentice to and so yeah. that's that's what's important but sorry yeah. go ahead yeah.
1: yeah so um let's talk about homestead the hard hats and what yeah. we do yeah. so homestead the hard hats it was a program that started in 2003 uh by the national building trades union so the ibw and all the other construction okay. unions uh, to do a veteran recruitment program, um, we connect transition and active duty service members, reservists, national guard, and current veterans to the organized skilled trades, mainly through registered apprenticeship but uh, depending on your skill sets, you may be viable for one of our signatory contractors being a project manager or, or um, whatnot estimator, whatever they really need to, to do their administrative duties. so um, so that's our program. We get out, we outreach to all different levels of the military. I was just at a conference last week in which I had the opportunity to speak to very high level national guard, mm-hmm. uh, generals, mm-hmm. uh, frankly, and to the lowest level, you know, and that's really where we want to be at the lowest level, mm-hmm. get that message to them to say, Hey, we're a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing that for 20 years now. Um, and you know, like I said, 42,000 service members we've, we've connected with it and changed their lives. Um, we are not a full wraparound service, we're a resource to tell everyone about the different programs that are out there. We do that through the training centers typically, but or the local puts a post in on our job board uh, of their registered apprenticeship opportunity or the employers of what opportunities they have. So a job board similar like Indeed, uh, but it's kind of a closed door one. It's only for our uh, contractors, our unions to use, um, mm-hmm. right. and then they can see that. So um and yeah that's what we do I And mean, outreach and talk and right. spread the message is what we do yeah. uh, we get just people yeah I don't know what to yeah, help. yeah. That's it. yeah. Mm-hmm. but we're not a full wraparound service coming back to that you know a lot a lot of it depends on the jtcs we can get them to your doorstep, but after that they you know the the train centers and whoever has to
2: yeah and more than that we're talking about it. He's being awful uh uh about talk about how our selection process is yeah. working our apprenticeship mm-hmm. program sometime and how we have select apprentices once a year for example well a transition right. veteran is not like getting out once a year Mm-mm. other right. times of the year we had to find ways to be flexible and work with the transition veteran as well as time of discharge and, every, and job opportunities yeah. so we have right. tools available we just got to think outside the box sometimes how we right. employ
1: yeah yeah so i just got the report this morning july july's veteran unemployment's at 2.4 percent mm-hmm. it's almost one and a half percent below the non-veteran. Right. And, uh, what I tell people is, if you have a service member walk through the door and you, you don't move on them, you're going to lose them.? Right. Because there's industries out there that are hiring veterans 25, 30 bucks an hour, no experience, whatever. they'll train them, because they understand the value and the attributes that that service member brings, and they're willing to pay that money up front to hook them and get them mm-hmm. in t- into their companies or corporations or mm-hmm. wherever they belong. So if, if you want your service members, to, you got to move quick, and like I said, you got to have your stuff in order. To to do that, it's going to be challenging in some aspects here in the future because they're just so employable.
2: So such such demand there, we have to find a way we adjust our selection process to take care of the, the needs. No doubt, are yeah. we going to lose them? And our largest failure point in our apprenticeship program in the selection process of getting the apprentices not going to graduate. Right? How mm-hmm. do we match up well statistically? We pull the statistics level out of it and look at it. We're better off making that choice in the veteran side, believe it or not, in our general mm-hmm. population with the overall statistics. And It shows. It does show. And how yeah. we. Get somebody involved in the industry faster and they're ready to go to work tomorrow Mm -hmm. and understand what it's like to get up and go to work, which I enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, you're talking about several components, but one of them is also creating, because I'm, you know, our work with being more inclusive, making it a place to belong, and that includes for anybody. That's everybody, right? So if you've got these people, right, service members coming from this, brother and sisterhood, this natural one where you are eat, sleep, drink, you know, repeat kind of thing. And, and so you've created like (laughs) literally, like actually not just saying, you know, and so that's what your life has been. If they, if any person can go from that to another place of belonging, another place where they feel like they matter, that they're supported, that they're encouraged, that they have a chance to be a partner in that as well. you, You can't lose in that for anyone, but particularly someone who's coming out of that, like to be able to just walk back into it just in a different arena, if you will. Yeah. Like it's it's just perfect. So it's like we, we have all these other things we're talking about like application and entry and grabbing them when they're interested, but then also making, what are we putting them into? Mm-hmm. What kind of environment do we have? And again, that's for any applicant. Right. But as we're speaking about this this veteran who's coming from this natural family, mm-hmm. like they're looking for that, right. that sense of belonging yeah. again.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned mentor mentor apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's some JATCs within the IBW and and some others, but they, I, I think Philadelphia Local 98. I think I got that right. So, um, they have one for apprentices. They they put it together. So when they have that new service member come in, they add them to their, you know, text message and chat, whatever. Say hey, welcome aboard. If you have any questions, let them know. And that is, you know. That's huge. Yes, right. yeah, huge. Just for that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and being part of the team, and you know, uh, applaud to all those different organizations that are doing that because that does matter. We have mm-hmm. several that are doing that. Same. Yeah, just for
2: the reason, and it's not our idea. We've been saying promoting, hey, we need a mentoring program, big brother, big sister program for our uh, apprentices in general, but especially on our veteran side, making them feel a sense of belonging because that's a huge need there. Yep. I understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. where they're getting to. We recognize that. So it's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and
1: it, and that's that's not the top telling me, this is the bottom telling me, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, what's working yeah, it's at the, bottom's the telling bottom telling you. Is so, what you want to hear. Right. Yeah.
0: if the people that it's actually impacting. Cause we can say a lot of things right. top down and you don't even know if it's working. Right. But when the people that are actually impacted and influenced by it, that's huge. So I guess like wrapping up, and you've kind of already touched on this, but what can JTCs and AJTCs do to assist this effort and I guess just, you're probably just recapping some things you've said really, but
1: it really, it's almost flip. It's what can H2H help them with, you know, we Mm. can get them the doorstep. What can we do? Uh, Be involved with us. Uh, If you, you know, we're, we're going through some remodeling of our website and job board right now that's getting ready to release here in the next coming months, which is going to be huge, huge. And their involvement on that is that. So if they don't put a job board post in and make it look good, and keep it relevant because people can search our job board at 3 a.m. in their couch or whatever. If you, if it doesn't look good, video content, GI Bill, what is that? What's your program look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the best thing they can do is keeping that up to up to par and relevant, mm-hmm. um, and being involved. We got you know if you haven't had a job uh, posted on H2H, get an account, get it set up uh, because if you don't have it with us, and someone's going back to you know, I'm going to make something up, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, <laughs> right. I think actually, is that where you're from? No, no I'm in okay, Knoxville area, like, but no, no, let's go. Memphis. But if, you, if you're from that area and you never put a post in up and that veteran's coming back, you don't exist. Mm-hmm. So you have to get involved or, you know, that service member's not going to know about you through our program.
0: Right. And reach out to you. Like, I think that's something you've said a couple of times in different ways, but you know, if the JTC has questions, yes, reach please. out and ask, like, yeah, don't just say, well, I'm not sure. Find out, yeah. right? Find out how we, to do this. What we works? have a
1: lot of resources, you know, some of our staff members were school certified officials. So if it's a GI Bill question, you know, at okay. least, you know, we can't give full blown advice, but we can be like, hey, I've been there. Let's try this mm-hmm. or at least give some resources or, you know, if you're having trouble with a post and let us know. We got kind of creative people we can on staff and we can reach out to and help with a template and, and grow. But um and some pointers just use us every way possible to get to service he's members committed
2: now more than i was discussing yeah. earlier i've committed to him now so the meetings we have regionals we have all that we open up the spot i want him there to talk because he mm-hmm. said what can h do for us and agencies do for him well there's one method we do just start mm-hmm. to start communication start the sure. pathway get him in front so we can talk have this yep. conversation
0: awareness right it Everybody starts with knowing exactly. it exists and what we can do and so Thank you. Like I have so many thanks. You thank you for your service. Thank you for your work in the electrical industry. Thank you for your work with Helmets to Hard Hats and for the partnership with us. Like just lots of thanks to you. And yeah, no problem. Yeah. That's yeah, a joy. I day. will treat you with uh some mint chocolate chip ice cream. So nice. that's that's how we roll. Just chocolate so, mint is close enough. Chocolate mint and mint chocolate chip. I mean drinks too, but you know, you gotta separate. Drinks and ice cream don't go together. No, so you no. have to like separate those. So, so but thank you. Seriously. Yeah, no so problem. Much. Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, thanks, Todd.
0: Todd. I kind of love Martin. He's pretty great. He's a great guy. I've known
2: Martin for years, and hearing his passion now with the position he has with H2H uh, just elevates what we do in our industry, but also he's bringing it to passion to his veterans community as well. And as we pull those two communities together, veterans community, our industry as an accepting organization and working with veterans, um, I can see his passion, and I enjoy it, and I want to be a part of it, what he's down to.
0: Absolutely. What's great, so we started TD Connect however long ago. Um, and he was one of the first people to volunteer right. to help. Right. So I didn't know Martin that I mean, I knew he was a training director. That was mm. the extent of it. And so he offered to help and was always offering like anything he could do. So then when I heard he was leaving to go to Helmets to Hard Hats, the very selfish part of me was like, but no. But I mean, I already, of course I was happy, but to hear him, like, you're just like, man, this was. he was meant to be a part of our industry. He was meant to be a training director. And he was meant to work with veterans at Helmets right. to Hard Hats. He
2: has two communities he's trying to support there, and he's doing a great job of both. And I'm gonna, I'll support that any way you can.
0: Yeah, yeah. like the balance, he gets yeah. it. So, yeah. Martin, like, hear me, Martin. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for being with us, for coming in studio. I know that's not always easy for our guests, so thank you for doing that and for everything you and the team at Helmets to Hard Hats do for the men and women who have served our country. Big thanks to you, the listeners, for taking time to join us and be a part of our podcast. Remember, we want to hear from you, so just shoot over an email at say what or two, not at, not yet, say what s <laughs> a y w a t t at electricaltradingalliance.org. We are going to have our next episode in December, but until then, you stay connected with us through our newsletters, blog posts. Follow us on social media, connect and subscribe to this podcast. Tell somebody about it um, and let them enjoy it too. Stay powered up and we will see you next time.
1: Say what?